0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back into the Buster Show podcast. This episode is focused on one specific card, the 1914 Baltimore News Babe Ruth, graded in SGC3. This is exciting. That's hitting Robert Edward auctions in the upcoming days. Uh, So let's just dive into it, Brian. We have what could end up being the most expensive sports card and... Sports memorabilia item ever. It is the Babe Ruth card. Why don't don't you dive into a little bit of the origin story, how it ended up in your guys' auction, and why the ordinary fan of sports and collector has to know that this is happening right now.
1: Yeah, without a doubt. So uh, 1914, a lot of people don't realize Babe Ruth got his start as a member of the Baltimore Orioles. So when you think Babe Ruth, obviously you think New York Yankees. If you're a little bit more sophisticated, you might think Boston Red Sox. But as a 19-year-old, he got his start on the streets of Baltimore playing for the Orioles of the International League. And in that year, there was a newspaper. uh, One of the competitors to the Baltimore Sun named the Baltimore News, and they issued a group of baseball cards that featured Ruth and his teammates and their manager on these beautiful red and blue cards. Ruth, as we are offering, got one of each. Oh, you have it with you! No good interview is complete without the card. So Ruth shows up here as a 19-year-old in this red version. And uh, to date, 109 years later, they've only discovered 10 of them. So think about one of the greatest players of all time only having 10 examples of this true rookie card. And it's, it's amazing. I mean, the story, no matter what angle you come at it from, is amazing. It's been in the same family for over 100 years prior to our consigner getting it. The original collector was a newspaper boy for the newspaper back in 1914. The card wasn't even known to exist until the 1980s. I mean, it's just for a guy as famous as Babe Ruth, it has so many interesting angles to it.
0: So let, let's dive into each of those angles. So Baltimore News, 1914, why are they even making sports cards? What is Was it a promotional thing? Why did they do it? Yeah,
1: well, as you know, uh, many manufacturers, even modern-day manufacturers, use baseball cards as an advertising vehicle of some sort. So back in that time, Baltimore News made these cards as a supplement, a giveaway, and they featured the schedule of the team on the back of the cards. So you could buy Ruth, or you could get some of his teammates, or the manager, Jack Dunn. Uh, Interestingly, we have 15 cards from this series. It's the largest group of cards from this series that's ever been offered publicly. And uh, they, at the top, list compliments of the Baltimore news and they have the complete schedule home and away for the team. So the Orioles were a member of the International League at that time. The Federal League was an upstart league in Baltimore. There was a competing team, the Terrapins. And so you had a lot of baseball going on in Baltimore. So it's no surprise that the newspaper wanted to get in on the action.
0: Now, how many do you think were made at the time? How big of a newspaper was the Baltimore News? Obviously, you know, the Honus Wagner iconic card, which you guys have sold many of, uh, you know, that, you know, printing was famously cut short. Do you know anything about what the original quantity could have been like or does anybody know?
1: No, I don't think anybody knows. Like I mentioned earlier, I mean, these were cards that weren't even really known to exist until the 1980s. People obviously had them, but in many cases, they were tucked away in cigar boxes, shoe boxes, whatever the case may be. So we don't know a lot about how they were produced. We know that SGC and PSA have graded just slightly over two dozen cards from this set of all players. Um, Eight of them are Ruth cards. And um, we know of a bunch that are still out there, ungraded in private collections. But we don't, we don't know. I mean, uh, it wouldn't surprise me if they didn't make many. Put it that way. Um, the fact that only ten of these Ruth cards have turned up, when all the attention's been on baseball cards lately. Babe Ruth is a very recognizable name. You know, uh, it's it's pretty cool.
0: And it's interesting when you compare it to the other iconic cards. You know, I, I think one of the reasons why historically it hasn't gotten as much publicity. Uh, as you guys mentioned in your listing, this is the first one available in a very long time, whereas you look at the mantles which sell every other week, you look at the Wagners which sell every couple years, maybe even every year in a hot market. Uh, do you think if there you know these were to sell more frequently, people would put it in the same category as the mantle and Wagner in terms of like how often people are talking about it? Yeah, well, what's funny is if you look
1: at Babe Ruth's, call it traditional rookie card as most people know it, the 1916 Sporting News, that does get lumped into that category of kind of great, iconic, valuable, important cards. This predates it by two years. So, yes, to your point, the fact that these don't hit the market, the fact that we're not able to educate people as frequently as we are with cards like the Wagner and the Mantle, Means that there's a little bit of a catch up I think for this card, but I'm very excited, given how all eyes are on the hobby now, to put this out, give it its moment in the in the sun and uh, and show people what it can do. Just for context, over twenty eight hundred fifty two mantles have been graded <laughs> by the major grading companies to date yeah, so very- that puts that should put it in in some perspective when you talk about mantle being a twelve million dollar card in the highest grades.
0: Yeah, that's a, that's a pretty astonishing number. Um, and then it's interesting to compare even Babe Ruth as a sports figure over the years, because obviously this is from, you know, the early 1900s. Uh, Ruth was, you know, one of a kind, then came along some other iconic baseball players like Mickey Mantle and, and, and Jackie Robinson and you know, even Lou Gehrig before that. Um, and then, you know, obviously 15, 20 years later, you've got Michael Jordan and and, and Wayne Gretzky, and then you know eventually all the modern stars we know and love, Ruth is really the only one from that time period that is still regarded as a top sports icon. Uh, why why do you think that is? I just
1: think I mean first and foremost, everything about him was larger than life. Whether you look at him as an individual, or you look at him as a as a uh, you know a, st- a statistic and a record holder. I mean. Famous Babe Ruth quote, why did you make more than the president? Well, I had a better year than the president, right? <laughs> so back in the 20s, that was a very um, ahead of his time attitude. You know, you didn't have these athletes going out and really holding themselves up as I'm the greatest of all time. And and Ruth kind of did that in his, in his own way. So I think that there's a lot of lore and legend associated with Ruth. The fact that he's a record holder, the fact that he played for the Yankees all certainly contribute to his legacy, but he was a special guy. And I think that in the collectibles market, he's had that staying power for, for
0: that reason because nobody doesn't know about Babe Ruth. A hundred percent. And there's this interesting thing that I think about and it totally depends on the athlete, but take Michael Jordan, for example, his signature, is worth more than most of his cards. Uh, and even his signature is, is often worth, worth more than some of his absolute best cards. But then you take somebody like Babe Ruth, for example, who signed so many signatures in his time period that I think it actually bodes quite well for the top point zero zero one percent of non-signed Babe Ruth stuff, just because of how that metric works with different athletes. So it's really interesting when you look at You know, the greatest Babe Ruth pieces, because, again, in the time that he played and even before professionally, like uh, like we were talking about here, um, it's there are just so few of them, which totally throws all the equations off. And you don't even have anything to compare it to. I mean, that's why we're one of the reasons why we're talking about records are going to be set here.
1: Yeah. Well, you know, it's funny. You're right. We, we haven't seen one of these at auction in over a decade, but the last time one was at auction, it sold on the same night, the same auction, the same time alongside a T206 Wagner graded PSA 1, okay? That card sold for $402,000, that Wagner card. The Babe Ruth in that same auction went for 451000 So they were both PSA 1s sold at the same time, same day, same auction. That Wagner card sold last year for $3.7 million. So you could logically extrapolate that that Ruth card would be worth around the same value in the same condition. This is a three. We were talking about ones there. So it's a multiple of value. And that's kind of the basis upon which we're coming up with this. Uh, estimate, because at the end of the day, that's all it is. It's an estimate where we, we truly believe this is a $10 million or better card. We think the facts support it. We think the fact that it's rare. Many of the 10 that exist are tied up in significant permanent collections. Again, it's such an exciting card because the the deeper you pull, the more you learn and the more fascinating it is.
0: And it's true with uh, sports card grading the compound effect is real the difference between an 852 mantle and a 952 mantle or a one wagner and a three wagner i mean you, you guys know that multiple better than anybody it is it is very real uh and i'm, I'm sure like you said that's what led to this this estimate just, which would be amazing for you know whoever ends up with it and uh you know, the hobby and the statement that, you know, Ruth makes in 2023 in the hobby as well.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, last summer or not last summer, our, our last auction two months ago, we had a Ruth bat that broke $1.3 million. So we know the appetite's there for Ruth. We've seen big prices in our auction and others for all of his stuff. And again, when you go back and you compare it to a car like the Wagner of which there are about 60 known to exist. And you look at this as the first one that's been available in a decade. Um, I, I like, I like where we're headed.
0: You know, it's funny too. One thing that always worries me about, you know, athletes from after Ruth is that, okay, the people who are buying these things are the people that grew up watching them. And when they're not, you know, around anymore, maybe there might not be interest, but Ruth is, you know, now past that. There are no people, you know, for the most part, there's nobody that, that saw Ruth in 1914. That's bidding on this item. Let's just say that, um, And I think that bodes very well for his long-term collectability as it does Wagner, as it does, you know, uh, moments in history. That's one of the contexts that I look at the Titanic through, you know, it's so many generations removed that it's now just a piece of world history. It's no longer a piece of our modern pop culture. And that puts it into a totally separate tier with like the Egyptian pyramids and like, The founding of the United States, and like just just America and the world at large, which you know will one day be that for Michael Jordan and uh, you know Muhammad Ali and uh, all the other iconic athletes. But he's now entered that echelon, which bodes very well for the for the very long run. Yeah,
1: no, I agree. You know, we always look for for people and things that transcend the sport or transcend the individual. And and Ruth is that guy. I mean, when you when somebody hits a big home run, you call it Ruthian. I mean, and this is this guy hasn't hit a home run in nearly a hundred years, so <laughs> it's a big deal. He is a big person. This is a very significant card. I mean, frankly, we believe we've sold five of the ten known to exist. Uh, we believe it's the most significant baseball card ever created. And when you look at the hobby and when you look at the pantheon of guys that have stepped foot on a baseball diamond, again, Ruth is one of those all-time greats that everybody knows. I love to ask people in interviews, can you name a couple Hall of Famers? And that just tells me what their sports knowledge is. That just tells me the era that they're thinking about. Nine times out of ten, the name Babe Ruth is coming out of their out of their mouth. So that that tells you something.
0: Yeah, as well as um, I, I think in the last couple of years too, and I don't know how much this has to do with Babe Ruth, but I think it has a lot to do with Major League Baseball, which has a lot to do with Ruth. Uh, the MLB has made a lot of significant changes that you know bring more people into the game. They're setting viewership records uh, in you know a lot of different ways, and uh, something that's been interesting over the last few years is a lot of these iconic athletes are reemerging through social media, you know. If you're a baseball fan, you cannot scroll your social media feed without coming across something that is Babe Ruth, something that is, you know, name other Derek Jeter, any other iconic player or, you know, Yankees specifically, a pretty good fan base. Um and and that I think is very interesting too because just 20 years ago, you could go about your day-to-day life without seeing these, you know, iconic figures, but now you can't. You cannot go on yeah. your phone and not come across Babe Ruth, Mickey Mantle, uh, any of these guys. And I'm not just talking about the collectibles hobby, like at, at scale, uh, people are yeah. in comment sections on ESPN and posts on ESPN, They're, Babe Ruth's face is all over when a record is broken or uh, you know, someone's getting close to a record of which there are countless of. Uh, that is something that I find very cool and something I also target even with my own collecting.
1: Yeah, it's very telling that Babe Ruth was one of the chase cards in a 2023, what was it, Tops or Bowman product, right? The one of one Babe Ruth Super Fractor, you know? I mean, that's that tells you something, too. This whole new generation of collectors is being introduced to trading cards of Babe Ruth, and, and this is the one that started it all.
0: Yeah, so it's, what, 109 years after this, uh, this card released? That's <laughs> pretty... Yeah. He's, he's enduring, you know, I mean, he, he is bigger than
1: the sport. He's bigger than himself and he's bigger than, um, the hobby, but this is, this is hugely important for the hobby. And when you think about, you know, you talk about how Babe Ruth, uh, blends into our culture, you know, what, what, what we've seen him in movies like the Sandlot and, you know, what was, what did they say? He's less than a, less than a God, but more than a man, you know, um, and and people still reference that movie to this day.
0: Oh, 100%. Um, Now, when you think about what the potential upside for a card like this is, I I don't, you know, need you to speculate, but if you want to go ahead, you know, PSA 10 Mickey Mantles are, you know, if one were to ever hit auction, some people say 20 million, some people say 50 million. You know, what is the ceiling for a sports card, in your opinion?
1: Well, look, I think that sports cards and sports collectibles have definitely taken on, over the last couple of years, um, more significant status as alternative assets. And we don't necessarily recommend these pieces in the investment mindset. I mean, we're all very much collectors. We we sell to a lot of collectors, but it's impossible to ignore that there are definite investors in the space now. And to your point, in 1996, we sold a PSA 10 Mickey Mantle for (laughs) $120,000.
0: not a bad not a bad acquisition A tremendous return
1: on your investment and what we've seen in the last several years for one reason or another are the best of the best the rarest of the rare continuing to appreciate and people that are coming in with maybe a little bit of a collecting bend to their purpose but maybe more of an investment mindset they're gravitating to the stuff that they know is always going to be in demand and if you have to liquidate you want to be able to control your destiny you want to be able to say look find this somewhere else you know you don't want to be um, selling something that everybody else has and so we think there's tremendous upside with this but you know we don't know what it's worth now that's the beauty of the auction it will decide and uh, you know you just look to a Wagner I mean Wagner's in the 1980s were fifty thousand dollars now they're millions the buy-in price from for, for a, a Wagner is a million dollars plus even in That's the worst conditions, That's
0: one, one and a half, right?
1: <laughs> yeah. I mean, in any condition. So, you know, we, uh, we've turned down eight figure offers for Wagners on behalf of clients already. So we know there's an appetite for significant expenditures and we know that there's a number of people out there looking at these as really long term stores of values and alternative assets.
0: You just, uh, you slid that, that number right in there like it was nothing, eight figure offers for, uh, for Wagners. That would make a Honus Wagner the most valuable or most uh, highest price paid for any sports card ever.
1: There, there are people out there with the appetite to break the record. The, the, the hard part is finding a card or an item that could do it. And this is a card that really, in our opinion, for the first time in a long time um, could, could get to that level. And really challenge some numbers that people have just been hypothesizing about before.
0: Well, it's interesting that you, that you bring up, you know, collector versus investor. You know, h- historically, only collectors would go after, you know, these sorts of like historically weird things, or like paying fifty thousand for a. Wine. People probably called the guy that bought the ten mantle in you know whenever it was and for for a hundred thousand dollars. Probably called that person crazy. Um, but that's the beauty of being a collector. You love what you buy. You're happy to keep it forever. But when you're buying the best of the best, like every other niche on the planet, like any publicly traded company, you know, Warren Buffett says it all the time. You buy you just buy the best and hold on to it forever. Uh, you know, in, in dinosaur fossils and in, in artwork and in any of these other niches, uh, the people that do the best are the ones that... By the very best and are happy to hold on to it because nobody else is crazy enough to. And it...
1: Yeah, without a doubt. You're you're rewarded for quality generally. And 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 the the secondary element to that is rarity, right? So if, if you've got something that's high quality, hugely significant, and you can't find, it's just it's a it's a wonderful combination.
0: Now you said that you would put this card above the Wagner. How, how do you come to that conclusion? Because those are some, those are some fighting words uh, from Babe Ruth to Honus Wagner.
1: Well, look, in terms of the card collecting hobby, I think that this Babe Ruth card is more significant than the Wagner. And I think that that will in turn translate to it outselling the Wagner in comparable grade. Uh, the Wagner, I mean, T206 set, we've sold probably more T206s than anybody. We've sold double-digit Wagner cards, um, $6.6 million record. I mean, we're hugely intimately familiar with T206s and T206 Wagner cards. That being said, there's 60 of them approximately. Uh, It's not as rookie card. Um, You know, yes, it's part of a very desirable set, but this is the genesis of Babe Ruth. Every other Babe Ruth collectible that you've ever seen started with this card and that's the significance that in my opinion, and look, this is all just speculative, it's like putting a Mount Rushmore of sports figures together it is, um, that's what gives it
0: the the push well it's funny, you know like uh, for Mantle or or Jackie Robinson or Willie Mays there's like one to three rookie cards you know, people argue over which is which for a modern player uh, let's just say Jason Dominguez, there's 1,000 rookie cards, 500 one-of-ones, yeah. uh, you know, a million different variations and products and companies producing it. The further back you go, the fewer there are. And it seems like this is you know, the equivalent of one-of-one of one rookie card for that time period, which is especially yeah. unique.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's ironic that it came in blue and red variations. So in 1914, they were already toying with the idea of variations but at least it didn't come in sparkle or uh sapphire variation but uh, yeah you know right chrome the baltimore news ruth rookie chrome card Chrome. yeah Uh, Yeah. i mean this is the only card made of him in that era they didn't they didn't make another one this is it and uh, to your point i mean i think i'll i'll botch the number but trevor lawrence has over a thousand rookie cards i think i heard i might have over two thousand rookie cards so it's a different time for sure.
0: That's crazy to think about. So uh, the auction it it kicks off on the seventeenth and then closes after December third. When when should people uh, who are interested in the card get their get their bids in?
1: Early and often. So the auction will open on the seventeenth. It'll close December third. We'll accept bids throughout the entire duration of that time. Um, You'll need to bid to qualify on the final day. So if you are interested, you should get registered, you should get vetted for a card like this. You'll need to uh, ensure that you have proper credit limits set up with us. So if you're interested, don't delay. But ultimately, whoever is the highest bidder on the third will walk away with the card. And there'll be opportunities for anybody that's interested in coming to see the card in person. If you reach out to us, we're holding a private viewing in New York City before the auction's over where we'll be showcasing this card as well as some other really special Ruth items that we have in this auction. So um, early, often, and, uh, and get, get set up with us.
0: So I'm sure some people are are curious about what that vetting process is like, obviously I'm sure you have to show like proof of funds or something along the lines. What does it take to be a bidder on an item like this?
1: Well, I mean, uh, the the short answer is, it depends on who you are. There are some people that uh, can just say, Google me and that works just fine. But <laughs> for the average rank and file to your point, yeah, it's typically some proof of funds, verification uh, that, you can, that you can or have, successfully paid auction invoices with other auctioneers. Um, So, yeah, we just want to make sure that if you're placing the bid, you're good for it because on the other end of the transaction, there's a seller that really wants to get paid.
0: Makes sense. Uh, What was your reaction when you found out you were gonna, you guys were going to be auctioning this off?
1: A combination of relief, uh, ultimate excitement. Um, You know, I am, my background is a card collector. I've been doing this since I was six years old, and I got very into the history of baseball cards in a way that many people called unhealthy until I was able to turn it into a career. This is a card, (laughs) this is a card that has been on my radar for many years, been fortunate enough to handle several of them. But its significance was never lost on me, could never overstate the importance in my mind of the card to Babe Ruth and to the hobby. And so to have the opportunity to bring this to the forefront for the first time in 10 years, I mean, it's, it's just a real important event for, for me, for the company, for the hobby. So relief, excitement, all, all that bundled together.
0: Whew, well, someone's going to end up with a pretty, uh, pretty sweet card. Can we see it again if, if you've got it there? Love to see it close up. I mean, this is such a crazy piece of history. And kind of cool in red because, obviously, of his Boston history as well.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it's a dynamite card. You know, 19 years old, he's sitting there looking on to the field, probably wondering what's coming his way. Maybe they're having a catch. Maybe they're hitting him a ball. But I don't think anybody could have forecast at that moment when this picture was taken how – incredible his career would be and how significant he would be and how we'd be talking about him in this way more than 100 years later
0: yeah insane well everybody get get a get your bids in take a look at this card talk about this card because it is it's something special brian thank you so much for doing this
1: yeah i appreciate it buster thanks so much